When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to iFanboy's Talksplode with Mahmoud Asrar. Hey, this is Josh Flanagan with iFanboy.com. Talksplode is our creator interview show, and today we are talking to uh, comic book artist Mahmoud Asrar. He has done a lot of comics. He's done X-Men. Most recently, you will have seen his work on Conan and Conan the King. He became known in the U.S. on uh, Dynamo 5 uh, with Jay Ferber from Image Comics, and uh, he just keeps getting better all the time. Uh, he's talking to us from Austria, which is, I think, the farthest I've ever talked to anybody from, and uh, let's get right to it. Hey, this is Josh Flanagan. I am here with Mahmoud Asrar. Hello. You are, I think you're the farthest away I, a person I have spoken to on my show. You are in, you're in Austria? Yeah, Austria, Vienna. So wow. Central Europe. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, when I hear that, I was like, oh, are, are you surrounded by architectural beauty? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> Just all the time. <laughs> <laughs> <Or> it's overbearing. <laughs> Um, now I have, uh, I've known you, uh, you know, through comics and, and, you know, social media for years and years and years, but it turns out when I was thinking about it, I was like, I don't actually know a heck of a lot about you. Um, I first was aware of, of your work, um, on is Dynamo 5, correct? Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. Uh, I guess that's my big break kind of thing. That's your big break. What, uh, so you, you grew up in Turkey? Uh, yes, yes. Um, uh, the thing is, like, I'm I'm actually uh, not Turkish. It's it's a bit of a complicated story. But my mother is actually Austrian. My father was from Pakistan, and uh, somehow they ended up in Turkey, and I was born there. So technically, everybody assumes I'm Turkish. I grew up. Uh, well, yeah, I could be considered Turkish in a way, I guess. But yeah. And <laughs> did you did you grow up in Turkey? Like, were yeah, you there yeah. for a while? Yeah, I spent yeah. almost I think you were all my there life there. Yeah. Okay. So how does uh, how does one uh, get into comic books starting in in Turkey? I I, I can't. I mean, there's uh, Yildiray Sinar is from Turkey as well. Yeah, is that yeah, right? he's a good. I, I don't know of any others from. though. Uh, yeah, there there are not too many uh, that work internationally. Uh, comics have always been uh, uh, had an interest in Turkey. You know, like they're, they're mostly in translated comics. There were some local stuff as well. So. Yeah, I was lucky to have access to a lot of different types of comics growing up. You know, like things things from like uh, translated Italian comics, like the westerns and everything, uh, to Asterix, Tintin, uh, translated Disney comics uh, from Austria that my mom would bring, uh, DC comics and things like that. So like I uh, kind of grew up with those. So they were just always sort of around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or like as you far always back as I can remember. Yeah, I mean, like I remember, like, like, it was, uh, like we had a nanny when we were pretty small for a bit, and uh, like I remember, you know, vividly that we had a room like littered with comics on the floor, you know, like we would rip them apart and stuff. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I mean, yeah, that was like when I was four years old or so. So yeah, uh, I grew up with so that you stuff. You were destined. Uh, some some might say that, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, where does uh how do you get from being a kid who uh you know has comics around and is used to reading them to being a person you know who you know falls in love with the medium to such an extent that that's what you want to do for a living uh, i guess i guess it's i mean connected to my love for drawing i always loved it you know as a kid as well like as far back as i can remember i mean it's i guess it's a pretty common thing with artists that they grew up mm-hmm. 
drawing and you know like continuing doing that you know people encouraged me they said you know i was good at it and stuff so like i believed it <laughs> i kept going on and you know like i you know like as time went on you know uh, i guess my art uh, uh direction went to comics and illustration and things like that you know comics fantasy and everything so i wanted to get an education in that and you know my love for comics and art you know combined and i realized you know comics could be a profession so you know so why not pursue that why not try to do that as a living you know i i would you know i wouldn't love anything more than doing that you know so that's what i wanted to do when did you realize that it was a thing that you could do for a living uh, I can't, you know, pinpoint it, but I mean, I remember, like, probably in Conan comics, you know, like, I would see the name of John Buscema, you know, like, the artist, you know, or penciler and things like that, and, you know, I, I was like, whoa, so there's this guy drawing this book, and, you know, like, I love his art, you know, I see him all these books, and then I would see his name in other books, and, like, I would see other people doing it, so, like, then I realized this, you know, that this was probably in my, uh, you know, like, uh, before I was 10, and then, um, you know, over time, you know, like in my teens, you know, like I, you know, I started, you know, thinking, you know, maybe I could do this, you know, like, and then I uh, met other people who were interested in doing this and things like that. So I said, why not other people aspire to do this? Why not me and stuff? So uh, I guess, you know, that happened around my mid-teens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to, you, you and I are basically exactly the same age. So I'm trying Probably, to do yeah. the math because I'm thinking if you had been born 10 years earlier and the internet had not been a thing, this would have been a lot more difficult. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way it was, it was already difficult. I think I got into it a bit late, you know, like I, if, the, if I had the internet and, you know, the access that I have with the internet to going into this business, you know, I, I think it would have been much more difficult, you know, uh, Maybe, I mean, if, if I had internet before, maybe, you know, I could have started a bit earlier, but who knows, you know, you mm -hmm. never know. <laughs> so what did you, what, what were you doing prior to that? Like, did you have a, a, a first, a fallback option, a second thing? Did you go to school for art? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I literally, you know, studied in university, you know, uh, like I, I actually studied two years graphics, graphic design, which mm -hmm. I taught uh, in my, in my hometown, Ankara, uh, where I felt, you know, like graphic design is probably the closest thing to making comics and illustration and things like that. So that's what I wanted to do. And then I felt this is not really going in the direction I want. This is too uh, commercial and, you know, like too technical and stuff. And then, you know, like I had friends going to the uh, an animation department in another city in Turkey. And, you know, animation is pretty close to comics you know it's basically yeah. you know like <laughs> comics in motion in a way you know so and so i went there and you know like i studied there and you know i said okay if at least if i can't do comics or whatever you know at least i could maybe you know work in multimedia animation and things like that but the ultimate goal was always comics and you know <laughs> i literally didn't have a second plan you know yeah so you know when you're you're if you study graphic design you're you're doing stuff like that and were you were you making were you doing like any uh indie comics or anything on your own like learning how to do storytelling and the craft and stuff like that oh yeah yeah uh, definitely in my teens i started making comics on my own anyways <laughs> like i would do oh, yeah. copy copy these uh some of my favorite stories you know like i, I would probably never finish them because it would be just a few pages uh, but you know, mm -hmm. at least I started doing that, and you know, like lettering and stuff like that. But a bit further on, uh, when I was about nineteen, twenty, with some friends, you know, including Gilderoy Chinar, you know, like we uh, started doing fanzines, you know, making our characters, our, telling our own stories. We would do everything, of course, you know, like like the lettering, everything, even stapling the books, you know. So uh, I've been in the trenches in the in that sense. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, kind of learned the, the the basics over there. And then, you know, uh, it went on from there, you know, with, with the internet, I started posting my work and things like that. You know. did, so was there like a, did you have a group of comic book friends? Was there like a scene of some kind? I mean, I don't know anything about it. So, um, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, there, there actually is, but the thing is, it's, uh, I always was a very introverted person. So like, I never connected with much people, you know, like, uh, I used to do skateboarding and stuff and, uh, one day I, you know, met Yildre, uh, because, you know, he was also a skater. And so that's, uh, we kind of connected over comics and skateboarding 
And so, like, I was pretty surprised because he like he liked skateboarding, comics, and you know, like, <laughs> and he also drew, and you know, like mm-hmm. that's also what he wanted to do. So, so he introduced me to other friends, you know, like uh, who were into comics and who also wanted to do comics. So we all got you know together. We started doing things together, you know, like we all learned, and you know, it was a good feeling, you know, that. Uh, uh, I'm not the only one, and you know, like there are people out there, you know, like who are great at doing this, and who are also enthusiastic as at least as much as I am. So you know, so that was great. Yeah, but it wasn't, I mean, a huge scene, and we couldn't learn much except from uh, each other, maybe. But uh, it was what we had, and you know, we improvised, and I guess you know it worked out. <laughs> as you got sort of more serious about it, like, did you have uh, comic shops, or were you getting into like certain types of comics? I know you'd mentioned John Buscema, but. Uh, I probably wasn't working a heck of a lot by that time. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, in the 90s, it, it was pretty hard to find any comics in Turkey, uh, especially original yeah. comics that we loved. Uh, uh, the thing is, like, I mean, to find comics, we would do almost anything, you know. Like, <laughs> like I, I remember there, there's this, uh, there was this American base in Ankara, you know, American soldier base, you know, army, military thingy. And a friend of mine from school, from this was in probably early high school and you know he's he was a thai uh, uh guy and he actually became like an american scout and he would go there and he told me about like this uh bookstore over there that they would have all these new comics and stuff so i heard this <laughs> so i said okay how can i be an american boy scout <laughs> So yeah, so yeah, he introduced me to some people, so they actually accepted me in. Uh, so I, I started training to become an American Boy Scout. So I would go into the base and you know, like I would do the training and everything. But I mean, all this was for just going to that bookstore when I can and you know, like uh, look through the shelves and you know, like grab the grab the stuff that I really enjoyed and stuff. So I mean, that was like just one experience. I mean, you know, like we would also go to secondhand bookstores or you know, like find these uh, comics everywhere. And later on, you know, like th- there was no store in Turkey back then, uh, uh, but later on some opened. But I also would visit Austria, where I would find comics here. Um, there was at least one co- comic shop that sent uh, that sold uh, American comics. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that, those were my main, you know, access points, I guess. And were you primarily like you were drawn to American comics more than you know? French comics or you know whatever yeah, other stuff was yeah. going on in Europe. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, yeah, I lean towards that the most. I mean, I was I was never close to anything, but I mean, like mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I'd never said no, I won't read manga or whatever. But I wasn't exposed to that stuff too much compared to these, maybe. So and mm-hmm. yeah, I had more interest in the American side of things. It's really interesting that I mean, this is like old people saying or you know you had to really work for stuff like that back then and i feel like that made it more valuable like you don't have to work for stuff like that anymore like if you want to see comics from anywhere in the world you can see comics from anywhere in the world but like then if you wanted to read comics like you had to make it your job i mean it wasn't as difficult for me here but still like i had to work to get you know find stuff i wanted to read it wasn't at all like now and you had to do that three times as much so uh, i guess it's good you didn't have a backup plan (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it was difficult but I, I guess it was part of the you know uh the charm you know like we would hear rumors about places you know like they would have you know like american comics at this you know store in this city or whatever you know like so we would make trips to that city or whatever <laughs> so search for secondhand bookstores and things like that you know sift through the books see if there's something we're interested in you know it reminds me of uh like if you if you ever read like uh, biographies of the Beatles or anybody from England in that time and they were like ravenous to find you know American blues records and like they would mm-hmm. jump on a bus because they knew somebody knew a guitar chord that they hadn't learned before right you know right. and stuff like that because you, you know you had to work for it and um, yeah I mean, the story sounds kind of the same like, yeah, yeah I mean I wouldn't put myself in the same place as the Beatles or whatever but I, no I but that's that <laughs> right but that passion for the thing like I yeah, want yeah, to right, right. I want to get as much of this in my system and, and it's, it's, you know, you, you've really got to go for it. And I think that when everything is so easy to get to, then it, you know, it's like, it, it's not as valuable, I guess, in a way. It, right, you know, exactly. it, it's good and bad. 
Yeah. There's, there's probably more people who want to be comic artists now than ever because they had access to them, but you know, you, you, you had to go for it. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, now looking back, like I remember, you know, even if we were on like vacation with the friends and stuff like that, you know, just for a summer vacation, you know, like uh, we would go and you know, like I would return with comics that I would find from somewhere, you know, like because I, <laughs> I was always on the lookout, even when uh, you know, like I visited. Uh, Pakistan only once in my life. I think it was 1996 uh, to visit family, you know. Uh, so we went there with my dad and like, you know, every day I would, you know, like pester my dad, you know, saying, look, look, we're going to go to the city center, you know, you got to show me, like, you told me there would be some places that would have comics and stuff. <laughs> and, you know, like, he literally took me to the city to find comics, you know, like, the, despite the, the limited time we had over there, you know, like just a few days, you know. So, yeah, the Did hunger was there. Any? I actually did, you know, I, yeah. two 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 uh, single issues, uh, floppies as some call them. <laughs> we didn't use that word back then. Yeah, never. <laughs> that was that was like, I want to say that was like Warren Ellis in the in his forum in the early two thousands when I started hearing that word. I think they were just oh, issues because okay. we didn't even have. I mean, I wouldn't have. The comics were just comics. Like, I, yeah, I yeah. mean, like the word graphic novel was starting to show, and people were using it, but or like trade paperbacks. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. So, it, it, let's say, did you did you come up through digital webbing? Because I think I saw that like that was the like there was a thing there, but that was the, the forum at the time that you would have yeah, used, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was. I mean, I guess. Uh, uh, one of the most important places for me, you know, because like it was like literally a place for people who wanted to break into comics, you know, show their artwork, you know, connect people who create, you know, writers, artists, colorists, whatever. So like it was one of the main places where I would, you know, like display my work and, you know, share and, you know, uh, you know, try to get feedback and reach out to people. So it mm -hmm. was very important for me. Actually, some what of my first you... publications from were from them through them. Yeah. <laughs> What were you? What, so before that came along, were you were you attempting to sort of get work doing comics, and, and how did that go, or how did you go about it? Uh, this was actually, I think, uh, in the early two thousands. So that was when after uh, I graduated, and you know, I was actually working at this uh, multimedia company, making educational uh, programs and games and stuff like that. So I was doing the, both of those together. So, I mean, in, during that time, al I already was doing comics fanzines, you know, since probably mm -hmm. 1997 or so. So, uh, so that was a thing. So it never stopped. It was very on and off, but still, it never stopped. So, I mean, yeah, I started doing some local comics in Turkey. There were some publications, I guess, during the early 2000s, I was, I appeared in almost all kinds of local comic book uh, publications. And uh, what would those I be? Started, would just, uh, would those be just indie books that were sold locally, or I were mean, there comic shows? Were there cons, the, like little ones, or no, no, no shows at all? No, no I would think. So. Uh, I mean, we would barely get you know like any kind of events. Like I mean, I heard like sometimes very rarely like the French uh, what, what do you call it like cultural institute or something. Oh would, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, would invite just like a an artist uh, just for like, you know, a talking, you know, like a panel or something. Mm -hmm. uh, I never uh, saw any of those, but, you know, like occasionally stuff like that happened, but nothing like show or festival. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, you're doing, you're doing local stuff. Um, right. Yeah. Where so, do you go from uh, there? So, yeah, uh, the, the local stuff, I mean, they, they paid not too well, but at least it was something, mm -hmm. you know, uh, so yeah. they were not, they were not indie, but, uh, I mean, it was such a, I mean, com compared to the size of the country, what we sold was very little. So it wasn't a big thing anyways. And then, you know, like through digital webbing and things like that, I started getting, you know, small gigs, you know, like I would get like a few pages there and cover here, you know, like, um, and then uh, I think that led to me working on this backup story for Image Comics. Uh, like, I think it was called Small Box. Uh, sorry, <laughs> Small Gods Outside the Box. So, yeah, mm -hmm. that was my first, uh, I guess, image thingy. And then, you know, that kind of slowly led to Dynamo 5 in a couple of years. How, how did that feel? Like to go from, you know, to, to getting a book published at Image. What was that like beforehand? Were, were you think you were up to it? Well, I, I literally didn't think I was up to it, but and I mm -hmm. was very, very, you know, 
surprised I was actually asked, you know, like, because all this kind of thing was very, you know, being where I was and, you know, like, this thing, you know, the, the, the American industry and, you know, comics, it was very uh, surreal in a way for me, you know, like, so breaking in was what mm-hmm. I was aiming for, but, you know, like, I would I wasn't in the realization that it would happen sometime soon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, when this kind of thing happened, you know, like, I was really excited, very happy. <laughs> like, like I, <laughs> I would tell about it everywhere, you know, show it to everyone, you know, like, uh, you know, all the copies I had, I would uh, bring around. And my mom was very proud as well. She would <laughs> embarrass me to all her, everybody, you know, literally everybody she would show it to. So, yeah. Oh, that's that great. Funny. That was my <laughs> next question. I was going to like, what did your, what did your parents think of, of sort of you wanting to do comics or was it a thing that you sort of did on the side and weren't talking about, you know, to them or, or were they supportive? Uh, I mean, uh, I grew up mostly with my mom and, you know, uh-huh. my father was a bit, uh, you know, uh, away from it. But the thing is, they never stood in my way, I guess, because my uh, enthusiasm for this was too strong for them to stand in the way, I guess. You know? yeah. like they never were, uh, you know, like close-minded or whatever, you know, uh, or, you know, like uh, forceful in any way anyways. But uh, still, they knew I wanted to do this, so, you know, they let it be in a way. And, you know, uh-huh. my mom was supportive, I would say. You know? uh, she never... That's great. Yeah, I, I was lucky in that sense. Um, I mean, I know now, you know, you're a parent too, like, <laughs> I understand that. If my kid was super into something, I'd, I'm thrilled. Like, I just... Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it's not, you're not, it's not watching YouTube, so you're really interested in thinking, go for it. <laughs> that's, that's probably that <laughs> the, same feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, we, yeah, we've got all sorts of stuff at home, you know, like, he's interested, he's showing interest in this, okay, we got to get it. <laughs> yeah. I'm starting to think maybe that we should make them hunt for it like we did for comics. Yeah. Um, so you get you get this this work published at Image. Uh, you know where do where where do you go from there? What do you what do you think is going to happen next? What, what does anything for a little while? I guess I it's mean, yeah. Dynamo Five. But what happens in between there? Yeah, Dynamo Still Five working. was literally uh, my uh, biggest you know break, as I said, and like. Uh, I'm like, okay, this happened. I'm like a professional now, you know, like I'm earning money from this. I'm just like published internationally and it's image comics, you know, like I'm working with Jay Ferber, you know, like a renowned writer. And, uh, you know, I was pretty excited about it. And then it felt like everything was happening too fast. Suddenly I get an email from CB Sadowski. He says, like, if you want to do Marvel work, just let me know. And, you know, like we, we can get started whenever you want. So like, uh, this happened, I think in 2007 ish. And, um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, uh, while doing Dynamo 5, I started doing small jobs for Marvel, uh, like covers, and not, not covers, uh, but like a few backup stuff or fill-in things, mm-hmm. you know, little stuff. But it was, you know, like it was me doing Marvel. So I was pretty, you know, excited about that, you know. So, uh, yeah, it, it went on from there. And, you know, like the thing is, like all this happened in such a, a gradual way. Like it didn't like, you know, happen suddenly. So... Uh, but it was always incrementally rising, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, like I adjusted to that, and I guess it was always very, um, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, balanced. I would say. So, how did you connect with Jay Ferber? Jay, he reached out to me. I guess uh, from digital webbing. I mean, he saw me over there, and uh, he emailed me, and he said, you know, like uh, I'm planning something, doing a book like this, and I like your work, and would you want to do it with me, you know, like from the ground up, you know, designing it and everything, you know, like owning it, whatever. So I, I immediately said, yes, and I had nothing else going on anyway. So, so we, did you know him? Uh, did you know of his work? Uh, to be honest, I never read anything uh-huh. <laughs> of his, but I was aware of his work, you know, like noble causes and some, uh, Marvel work, like generation X, I think he did some, and, you know, so I was aware of his uh, stuff, you know, uh, so, I was happy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, w- I would have been too. So is that, is, is it somewhere around that point? Did you start doing comics full time? Yeah. Yeah. This was, uh, yeah, this is in 2007, I think. It, uh, so I already, you know, quit my job in multimedia around 2003 or maybe early 2004 or something like that. Oh. And then, you know, like uh, in the meantime, I was doing some freelance stuff and, you know, like, uh, you know, starting to, you know, 
uh, trying to work professionally in comics, you know, small jobs here and there. And uh, with the economy in Turkey, you know, you know earning whatever from the U.S. <laughs> was helping a lot, I would say. So, uh, yeah, Dynamo 5 was, all, uh, like, my uh, begin to uh, become, like, a full-time professional, I guess. Now, that was, I mean... I don't know if it actually came out monthly or not, but it was, you know, regular, steady, ongoing. I mean, I don't How many issues did it run? It was, a, it was around a while. Uh, yeah, we went until 25, I think. Yeah. I mean, I didn't draw so all that's... of it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sort of making the, the switch from being a person who does little bits of things here and there, so we lands to, you know, full issue, ongoing, you know, superhero narrative comics or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, like, what what was that change like? What did you have to learn? What was different about it? Uh, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, like, I mean, I always was interested in doing American superhero comics, and, you know, like, I guess I was geared towards that, so, like, all the job offers and whatever that came to me were, like, uh, in a sense, already, you know, geared for that, so I didn't have a big problem adjusting. Uh, so, mm-hmm. Yeah, with Dynamo 5 and everything, you know, like, it was already, like, a, you know, total, you know, superhero family, you know, thing, so, and all the Marvel stuff, which I was, like, a Marvel zombie growing up, so, uh, I was already familiar with most of the stuff, so it was, you know, like, uh, not very difficult, but very, very scary at first. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Did you, I mean, there's a lot of stuff where if you're, largely self-taught and stuff is, you know, coming from, you know, the internet, like, uh, did you like the, in terms of sort of the mechanics of, of sort of being a storyteller in, in on a comic book page and professional, like, did you feel like you were prepared for it in that way? Or did you have to sort of learn as you were going, you know, and, you know, just how to be economical, all the stuff that you probably know now and take for granted, but you had to learn, you know, how to be a professional comic book artist. And there was that, did that feel like it came easily? I th- I think so. I mean, I've never really struggled with telling stories. I feel. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how. I can't be the judge of how successful I am at that. But uh, I you're mean, good at it, that. <laughs> I appreciate it, really. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, I never had a big issue with it. I mean, like, I mean, mm-hmm. I would tell stories, you know, like, you know, uh, for a long time on my own, anyways. And you know, like, it gradually grew, and I guess I learned on the way. And you know, I was always interested in storytelling, like watching movies and you know, seeing how they do things and everything like reading books, comics, everything. So storytelling and, you know, telling stories has been a part of my life, you know, for a very long time anyways. And so I guess that wasn't very difficult, I guess. Did you, was there ever a point where you sort of realized what was going on behind the comic book page rather than just, you know, like cool drawings and sketches and things like that, but there was mechanics to it that there was, you know, there's a way to think Um, about it differently. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, the thing is, like, I mean, I kind of, you know, because I had this animation background uh, in the university, you know, uh, we learned a lot of um, technical things about making movies and telling stories. So, uh, in comics, it's it is very similar. It is, uh-huh. I mean, the, the, even the terminology and stuff like that. So, so the thing is, like, the stuff I'd learned at school, you know, like, even if I didn't know it from before, now I realized how it is, you know, technically and, you know, how it works in a comic as well. So uh, that was a good uh, thing that I grabbed uh, from my education. And I guess that helped with my storytelling in the books as well. And um, over time, I guess, you know, like, I, get, I got more acquainted with that. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. You know, I never, I guess, had, uh, I mean, still, I'm not probably very, um, what do you call it, uh, uh, proficient with maybe the terminology or whatever, but, you know, mm-hmm. like, I, I guess I intuitively know uh, how a story should go and what what makes things flow better. And, you know, like, uh, when you have this visual uh, um, thing going on, you know, I, like, um, I don't know how to say it, but, like, uh, you can intuit it in a way, you know, like, the mm-hmm. way it looks uh, aesthetically pleasing when you do certain things, and, you know, like, if it doesn't work, you know, it doesn't work, so, um, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, that's, I, and I think that that's totally a valid way to be, like, this is just part of it, it sort of evolved that way. Let me, there, let me put one more way, one more way that I'll, I'll, was there a point when you started looking at comic book artists that 
and art that other people were doing sort of differently, sort of from a professional standpoint to, you know, wow, that looks cool to, oh, wow, look what this guy's doing. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, I think, a constant thing. I mean, uh, like, yes. Yeah, it never stops. I mean, I guess uh, I, I don't, you know, like uh, uh, pat myself on the back in many things, but one thing I pat myself on the back is my curiosity. So uh, I am very curious about how people do things, how things work and things like that. So and I think it's a big part of me learning things. Uh, and so I really appreciate to see different things, you know. So I uh, try to understand how uh, maybe some Japanese artists and does works out things in manga or mm-hmm. like how you coming you know like some artists in the in our field what are they doing you know like you know so i try to look at that i i may not always be inspired by that or you know like uh, I would, maybe i don't want to grab it or whatever but i always try to learn from those and you know like try to find out if there are things that i didn't realize before what uh you mentioned early on that you were like you were sort of John Busema captured your attention. Oh, um, yeah, who were some? Who were some other folks that you, you sort of like started noticing and 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 you know, either like taking cues from or, or just really appreciated? Um, yeah, I mean John John Busema was uh, my biggest influence. You know, like uh, you know, starting out and still is. You know, like he's still you, one of my biggest influences. Did you have so, How to Draw Comics the Marvel way? I didn't have it. Um, Oh, uh, until recently, actually. <laughs> oh wow! Until yeah, but the thing is, like, uh, we had copies of it. Like, a, f- a friend of mine had copies, photocopies of it, and you know, like, I would uh, borrow it sometimes, and you know, like, try to see, you know, how he made things and stuff. So, like, that was hugely inspirational to me. Uh, so yeah, th- that uh, John Buscema. So you you, uh, you didn't have it directly, but you that's how because a lot of people probably our age maybe a little you know like that was a book that everybody had and, oh, and yeah, I, it was, I, mean, I learned a ton from that yeah definitely I, it was sort of almost like a bible of sorts or something. <laughs> yeah. 100% no I, yeah. and I you know like there was that bit where they'd show you like an okay drawing and then they'd go to the next page and you know it was just canted angle a little bit and they, <laughs> they moved the camera in and and oh, I, yeah, that, I love that, those pages man I, what I love is oh. like because it's John Buscema, you can tell that he had such a hard time making those panels boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I was like, that still looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, and so, um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so who else? Like, after Buscema, what do you, what do you, you know, what do you, what kind of thing do you like now that you wouldn't have, you know, when you were a kid? Ah, uh, that's, that's hard to answer. Like, I don't want to give you, like, a, a political answer in a way, but I'm I'm open to so many things that I, I enjoy mm-hmm. all all sorts of things. Like you know, like I love monsters, uh, Barry Windsor Smith, and then the, right. the next moment I look at Witch Atelier, the manga, and I really love that as well. And you know, like uh, I don't know, so like I'm open to all kinds of things. You know, car- sure. humorous cartoons and everything, and you can actually get inspired from all of these things, and you can you know like yeah. actually you know, absorb things from all of them. And, you know, I, I just love that, you know, so, uh, but I'm considering my, uh, official biggest influences in comics, or I guess probably, uh, John Buscema, I would say late, a bit later, John Byrne, uh, Jim Lee was huge for me in the nineties. Um, later on Adam Hughes, you know, Stuart Eminem and now almost my peers, but like, uh, Coppel. So yeah, these guys, I guess. Mm-hmm. I just think how, uh, you know, when I was when I was a teenager, when I was younger, you know, I would see. I think the first time I saw a Todd McFarlane Spider Man, and I thought, oh, I didn't know you could do it like that. And I was so <laughs> into the just how much was there on the page, all that ink and all those lines and things like that. And then at some point, I really got to appreciate. You know, like Darwin Hook is probably the best example of like a really economical person. Or you mentioned Eminent. I think Eminent is. <laughs> he's like the best storyteller I've ever seen. Oh, like yeah, it's just, and he can do any style. Yeah. Um, and I, I just find every once, you know, you'll, you'll be, I'll be going through comics and I just find something that, and I don't even, I don't even make comics. I don't, uh, you know, mm-hmm. but you'll get something that inspires you, you know, to, to be like, Oh, this is why I love this, this medium. And it'll right, be tiny right, things, yeah. you know, it'll be a panel transition or something like that. And yeah, I, it's, yeah, it's one of the things I really loved about 
learning about comics. I think it's that same thing, that curious curiosity thing. Like, why is this good? You know, that's the part that really excites yeah, me with it. Yeah. Now that you say that, uh, this is what I always feel whenever I look at Akira by Otomo. You know, like mm-hmm. that thing, I've been looking at that book for so many years now. And uh, even, you know, like after all these years, like I capture and, you know, like find new things about that, you know, like yeah. all these, the things that small motions, you know, sometimes the storytelling aspects, you know, the pacing, you know, the sizes of the panels, you know, like technique, you know, it's, it's, it, that thing is like a genius thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's an, you know, like unlimited source of inspiration, you know, you could always get something from that book, you know? That's great. I, th- I think that's the thing that for me has really stuck with me for comics over the year. Cause the way that, you know, you have to work on them in a very, you know, specific and minute way, you know, from, you know, every little line you're, you're creating, you're making it there. And I have to think about them in that way and talk about them that way. And then you can go back to things like that and you can see, you know, the things that, a reader rightfully should probably never notice, right. you know, but once you're thinking about it, you do notice. And then all of a sudden you go, you realize what separates, you know, the, the really good people from the amazing people. I yeah, think yeah. I actually, I hadn't read, um, daredevil born again when I was a kid, Mazzucchelli. And then we read it a couple of years ago for a show we had to do. And I was just, I mean, my eyes were wide the whole time. I was like, oh, I yeah. can't believe somebody's this good. You yeah, know. yeah, it's insane. And, and <laughs> nobody, you know, you, you would have bought a, a comic book issue in a store for fifty cents at the time, and you know you read it. And it was fun. It was really good. You didn't know why, but then you can go back to it thirty-five years later and and just see, oh, this is way above. And that, that to me is the is my favorite part about the medium. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, at this yeah. point, one one thing, like I, I think in a in a way in a smell, what what in what you mean is uh, that you know. Even when you're not educated about this stuff, even when you're not, you know, like trying to find how things work or, you know, like delving yeah. deep into that. For example, when you're younger or whatever, you really enjoy something. And that, you know, yeah. like when you grow up and then you look back at that, and now you realize why you enjoy that. And, you know, yeah. like, for example, Bill Sinkevich, you know, like when I was, you know, pretty young, you know, like I was, I would look at his work and it would look so outlandish and strange to me, you know, like compared to most of the other stuff going on in comics. And, but it looked amazing and incredible. Like, how, how could somebody do this? You know, like I would think. And then, you know, but I wouldn't understand it. You know, I would say, this is amazing. <laughs> but I would just move on. You know, and now I look at it I, and I, like, appreciate it even more, I guess. I don't know. I didn't even know it. Too. I was like, I don't get that. And I don't know if I like it. I even felt that <laughs> way about Jack Kirby. I felt that way about Jack Kirby for a long time until like right. I understood right. it. And then, you know, it was like peeling back you know, a bunch of fuzz in front of it and it came into stark relief. And oh, I understand this now. And I I love that feeling too. Cause you know, it's one of those things where if everybody says something's good and you don't get why you're probably the one missing something. And I think Sienkiewicz was like that for me, you know, and you know, it was a little kid or whatever. I didn't. And now every once in a while, uh, he'll do inks for somebody just out of nowhere. You'll just see his inks on a book and, and it just makes it, it makes it his. It comes alive. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Amazing, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I was one of those people about Jack Kirby, too. I got into him a bit late, you know, like. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, I mean, even when I did wasn't a fan, you know, like in, you know, uh, in a big way or whatever, I would find this work interesting and, you know, like, weirdly charming. Although I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Buscema guy. I want to see Buscema, even as, <laughs> you know, Brother Salbison, like, instead of this. But, and then, you know, it wasn't, you know, like, I wouldn't hate it or whatever, or, you know, but later I realized, you know, like, why it was good and <laughs> right. why I was, you know, like, weirdly charmed by that, you know. I mean, that yeah, that's my favorite part about comics right now. I had gone to, um, I don't know, it was a museum, and they had Kirby pages, mm-hmm. like, as part of it. It was, like a, it was a history of Jewish comic book artists, mm-hmm. I think, it was an exhibit, and I saw some of those pages up close, and, I, and, I, and, I, and like, it hit me. I was like, oh. Right. And then I like read a bunch of Jack Kirby books, and all of a sudden I was like, "Oh, I see. He's the he's the center of everything." I, I oh, understand yeah. now. Um, yeah. So, getting back to the story, uh, you get you get an email out of you get a casual email out of the blue from CB Sabolsky. Right. That's what he did. Then he he found people around the world and yep. was like, "Hey, if you want to do Marvel, that's cool." <laughs> I mean, like, what did that feel like to get that email? I mean, whenever something like that happens, and it still sometimes happens, I just run to my wife, you know, back then my girlfriend. <laughs> I go tell her, look, this guy just wrote me, or this person just wrote me, you know. And, you know, like, 
they're saying this, you know, like, uh, you know, and then, you know, I try to let it sink in and, you know, realize what's going on and, you know, weigh, weigh the situation on their way. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so, so what did you, what did you tell CB? How did you respond to that? I bet you thought uh, about it before you wrote back. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I literally did. You know, like I didn't want to jump in writing some weird, you know, fanboy stuff. I probably ended up doing some fanboyness, but the thing is, you know, I guess probably I tried to keep it short and, you know, like respectful. <laughs> back, start, cool. back then, when I was starting out, like I was so respectful, extremely. You know, like I would call people Mister, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like Robert Kirkman. I would write Mister Kirkman. <laughs> <laughs> You obviously hadn't met him yet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was funny. Yeah. He's younger than us. He literally is. I've, I know. I didn't know that uh, back then, but still, <laughs> you know, like everybody doing this, like I felt to me like they were doing it for like decades. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So you you read you know how does it how does it work that um you know you write back to to CB and you said I, I'd mm. sur- certainly be interested in some stuff. Uh, you know, wh- where does it go from there? Do you, you get reach you, editors come to you and and yeah, I mean, I think uh, what happened was he connected me to Bill Roseman. Uh, he was, uh, mm-hmm. I think, the editor for most of the cosmic stuff in Marvel. So you know, when all that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy stuff was kicking off, so I, I did like part of an annual for Nova, uh, which was actually kind of how do you call it, you know, like, fortuitous in a way, because it was like I was recreating a scene from a John Buscema uh, story of Nova. So <laughs> I was like, okay, this is no stress, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, uh, I guess, my first Marvel gig. And then I did, like, a She-Hulk uh, single issue, like, something like an annual, which was with Peter David, who was back at that time, you know, like, literally my idol, you know, because he was... Because of his run on Incredible Hulk, and uh, so yeah, that was extremely stressful. But yeah, so I started getting these jobs, and you know, like it never stopped. I was pretty happy about that, you know. But the thing is, like, it was hitting me, uh, hitting my uh, schedule badly with Dynamo Five. So like, I would have to take breaks, you know, like, or the book, the schedule would suffer because of this. But thankfully, Jay was really, really understanding. You know, like um, he was very kind and generous all the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, we kind of made it work, yeah. Um, was there a point where you, I mean, like you felt like, oh, this is this is gonna work out. This oh, is yeah, gonna I, be the thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think at this point, by this point, okay, I'm doing Marvel stuff. I guess this will probably, you know, continue. You know? <laughs> I mean, of course, I uh, now uh, it's been it's been a while, so I don't probably know how I felt back then uh, too well but the thing is I guess I, I guess I said you know, all right I can you know survive you know doing this uh, even if not this you know I could do smaller things you know and you know keep going you know I like this thing you know I guess it will go on and you know I was a bit younger you know like I felt a bit more invincible I guess so <laughs> so there wasn't that much of a big of a worry uh, I would say and uh, let me ask you this. I'll go back a little bit. Yeah. What did you want out of your career? Um, you know, did you primarily want to be a penciler, you know, inker artist? Uh, did you want to tell your own stories? You know, what was your goal? Was it to do X-Men or was it, you know, what were you thinking you wanted? Oh, that's a, that's a good question, actually. Uh, I mean, the thing is, like, uh, looking back, I don't think I have, like, this ultimate goal like a the summit of a mountain or anything like this you know so i mean i just wanted to do comics you know like uh and you know whatever came my way i would be grateful and happy to do it in a way uh uh and i was lucky because i was doing the stuff that i liked you know superhero yeah. stuff and things like that and uh so yeah i just wanted to draw comics and you know uh i mostly did my own inking back then anyways and so uh that's how it went and you know like all these marvel stuff came in and i'm i'm like okay i'm doing marvel what i what else can i ask for you know i'm doing you know books like you know like uh stuff for x-men you know like hulk and things like that and you know i i was pretty happy you know like i of course i always aim to do better and improve myself that was my main goal like you know just do better you know with the next project with the next page you know and everything so that was my ultimate goal 
and you know like I guess it kind of worked out so like uh, things led to bigger things which was something I couldn't complain about <laughs> what about now what is it you know you've done X-Men you've done right, right. <laughs> you know you've been to the top of that mountain so you know where do you where do you want to go from here right uh, that's actually a good question because I think this at this point uh, it is uh so yeah, the thing is, like, I've been an exclusive artist for Marvel for uh, over nine years, I think, since wow. 2013, I think, and uh, my contract recently ended, and uh, I did, decided not to resign uh, because uh, I want to do some creator-owned stuff. I want to go back to that. You know, uh, that was something I always aimed for. Uh, it wasn't my like a main goal or anything, but I wanted to get back into that. You know in a way, leave something of me behind instead of, you know, like uh, being the hired gun in a way, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, so that was the goal. The thing is, <laughs> as soon as my Marvel thing ended, you know, like I got an offer uh, from DC Comics. <laughs> so I went back to DC. So now I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm doing a, um, a Batman book with Mark Waid. It recently got announced and it's uh, called Batman vs. Robin. And, you know, like, this is my first time professional doing Batman. I couldn't say no to this, and it's a really great story. And, you know, getting to work with Mark Reed again, it's uh, thrilling. Uh, yeah, so I'm doing that right what now. What did you work with? Did you work with him before on what? Yeah, on a couple things. We did just a little bit of Hulk, um, uh -huh. uh, just very short run uh, together. And then I, uh, I did all new, all different Avengers with him uh, okay. for a bit, yeah. Okay. He's he's one of those guys who I can't pigeonhole. I can't tell you like, oh, he does this kind of story. He sounds like this, but what he does is almost always interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, just just yeah. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of like I can read a I can read a Brian Bendis book and I can say, "Oh, that's a Brian Bendis book." You know, uh -huh. uh, and and that's not a negative. It just is. Right. You know, but Mark, Mark Wade can come into anything and I'll go, "Oh, that'll be interesting." You know, even if it's just Batman Superman but also sort of smaller, you know, whatever it is, Doctor Strange or something like that. Right. Exactly. So that's a yeah. that's a great partner to have. Yeah, I can't complain. <laughs> Definitely. He's amazing. <laughs> the thing is, yeah, I I guess I don't know if this is the right word, but yeah, as you said, he's such a chameleon in a way that you know, like he can fit in any kind of book, like a small book, a bigger book, or you know, like uh, independent, whatever. And it it would be you know like something uh, you know interesting and good, you know. And uh, so the thing is, like on my side, from my experiences with working with him, is like although I can't you know like as you said pigeonhole his work or you know like his style or whatever, but working with him always feels familiar and the same, you know, whatever the book is. <laughs> There's at least that, you know, so that's an actually interesting thing to consider. So if you're working with, you know, you, you work with quite a few veterans, I'm guessing you've worked with some, some new folks, you know, what's the difference between working with somebody who's got so much experience like Mark Wade or like Jason Aaron, you know, like, mm -hmm. and, you know, I know you create a shorthand with them or something like that, but how do they work with artists that maybe younger artists don't? Uh, or younger writers, I mean. I okay, that's an interesting thing. Um, yeah, I, I would say uh, guys like Wade and Iron, and uh, they're like uh, they're they you you get you get that they are more seasoned, <laughs> right? <laughs> when you were working with them, when you're working with a, a bit more. Uh, a writer with a bit, uh, you know, uh, more green. At least, you know, you you feel a bit more excitement and a bit more, you know, uh, enthusiasm and wide-eyedness. <laughs> the same thing I was, I would feel in the way I was when I started out. <laughs> you know, I don't know, I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, totally. But you know, but a lot of that energy that comes from there isn't necessarily as efficient as somebody who's, you know, we're, well, we got to do this job and we're going to, we're going to, you know, put the appropriate amount of energy into it, but it's still going to turn out good or maybe even better. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you find like, it, like our scripts less detailed, they leave more decisions to you or, or just more efficient? Um, uh, and I know everybody's scripts are different and, and so yeah, it's, it's a yeah. tricky question. I think, I guess, uh, less experienced writers, I feel, are, I mean, I guess it kind of shows 
the lack of experience with working with an artist, a visual person, uh, mm -hmm. because they're not sure of how they would, re I guess, I don't know, how they sh how much they should leave for the artist to do. Or, or mm -hmm. sometimes they can be too, uh, too open, uh, and sometimes they can be too detailed or whatever, you know, so... Uh, but it depends, you know, sometimes it's just right, too. You know, like, everybody's different. Mm -hmm. D um, what do you like to get in terms of a script? Like, what is what sort of style do you do you find works best for you in terms of, you know, how they how they lay it out? Yeah, I, I guess I kind of worked with all kinds of scripts, you know, like from really loose scripts, you know, like from literally like a summary of a script and me laying out the whole issue or uh, to Marvel style, to like full detailed script until you know, like uh, detailed until the camera shots and whatever. So like, um, I don't like the extremes. I would say so. I like mm -hmm. a general middle point where you know, like the artist, uh, sorry, the writer uh, defines what's going on. Panels are divided. You know, like all the you know what he said. Um, dialogue is there and everything, and but it's also uh, open for interpretation. I like that. You know, like I don't want you know like okay, this is a big panel and we see everybody in this angle or whatever, you know, like, so, or, you know, like, I don't like uh, when it comes to, you know, like, they fight for six pages. <laughs> so, and so, you've gotten that? Uh, I think I did. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know how many pages it was, but I think I got something like that. So, yeah, it was, yeah, <laughs> it's not my ideal way of working, I guess. <laughs> well, it's because you're doing all the work. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, let me go backwards a little bit now. Um, you mm -hmm. you did uh, you did a lot of Conan with oh with, yeah, and it's occurring to me now since we've been talking about John Busima the whole time. Right, I was right. like, oh, this must have been special for you. It was. It was so special. Literally, it was the the biggest thing in my career. Uh, even more than I would think, you know, and even mm -hmm. more than I would realize before getting the job, to be honest. The thing is, uh, you know, when uh, a few years back when Marvel announced that they got the rights for publishing Conan and stuff, I was like, ah, oh, some lucky bastard is going to have to draw this and stuff. And I'm going to, you know, like, be jealous over here. <laughs> and like, uh, so that was the initial thought. A little time passes, and then, you know, like, I get an email, and it says, like, Marvel, you know, like, we want to call you. And like so, whenever there's like a call involved, I'm always stressed. I'm a, I'm I'm a, I'm an anxious person, anyways. And you know, like mm -hmm. I guess, I, either this is not good or this is something interesting. So yeah, they call and they say, okay, so Jason Aaron is writing, and he suggested he wants to work with you on Conan. And I look, <laughs> I couldn't literally believe it. You know, like I was like, oh, okay, that's awesome. And, you know, <laughs> can I think about it? So, like, <laughs> I didn't want to gush on the phone or whatever. You had to play it yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, uh, so I waited about a day or so. So I, I got back to them, you know, I said, yeah, sure, I got to get back to, you know, I got to do this, you know. And the thing with Conan is, uh, of course, it was like a, a cool project to work on, you know, like going back to my roots and, you know, uh, with the comics background that I had and everything. But the thing is, working on it, it was so liberating and so, um, I don't know, uh, rejuvenating for me. And mm -hmm. uh, it revitalized my entire career and my approach to making comics. And I think it made me grow so much uh, in such a short period of time. And what uh, is it about yeah. that world or or that experience that you think you know is it the is it the lack of sort of confines that you'd have in this Marvel universe or whatever is it that style of drawing or I guess story it's, a, it's I guess it's a mix of both things I mean the thing is okay as you said er, it's there are no confines to it so like you don't have much rules of designing things or whatever you know like cities timelines real people, whatever. It's all made up. And it's not tying into other things like, you know, like events or whatever, these characters or whatever. But it's also got some roots. So, like, it's got actually some, you know, like, background and, you know, some guidelines, you know, like, Conan is this guy with dark hair, long, you know, like, he's big, you know, muscular, and he's this kind of person. So, there is some definition, but mm -hmm. it's very open to interpretation. Uh, so, that is so liberating, you know, like, I don't think anything can be more freeing 
to do like a sword and sorcery cam comic book. <laughs> you know? So yeah, it was very. Uh, it, I don't know. I felt it came easy to me. I don't know if it would be so it, for everyone. It read that way. I mean, when I was when I'm reading the book, I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like this combination of uh, writer and artist. It just you both were clearly in a zone you liked being in. Right. I, I, I truly so appreciate across. that. Now, and yeah. I, I have to say, I mean, I get, uh, I, I guess, uh, I mean, Matt Wilson, the colorist on our book, you know, oh, he yeah. needs so much credit for this, you know, like he's incredible and he made this book, you know, like as special as any of us did, you know, so uh, yes. I think, yeah, he deserves all the credit, you know. So, yeah, it, we had a great team, and I can't complain. Everybody was amazing, through and through, you know, from start to finish. And I'm happy we got to do what we did. Yeah. It's, and then you get to go back. And, was it the plan always to come back and do the last, the, the, is, the, is the King Conan the last story of it for now? Anyway? Yeah, yeah, it seems so. Uh, I guess, um, I'm not sure if, if well, what's the situation, but I think uh, the, the American rights for Conan are not. That's right. Yeah, not with Marvel. So King Conan probably is the last thing. Uh, the thing is, like, we actually, you know, like, right after we did our, you know, Life and Death of Conan uh, story in Conan the Barbarian, the 12-issue story, the plan was to move on to King Conan as a new title and do our, you know, like, second six-issue story over there. Uh, but the pandemic hit. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, yeah, the plans moved around, things changed, you know, like scheduling, things, everything. So it was postponed. So the project was almost lost for a while. So I really lost hope and actually felt very sad about that because I was so prepared and so looking forward to it. But it didn't happen almost for, I don't know, like almost for two years, I guess. Yeah, but, but it was two years. Meantime. It felt like a hundred years. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but but I I can't complain again because I was very lucky during the pandemic. I I got to work with on amazing stuff with Marvel. You know, like working with Hickman and stuff. You know, so uh, it was great. So I have two more things I think sure, I want to sure. get to, yeah. and then we can get about our days. Uh, what is it like working with primarily you know American comic companies? Uh, you're in, you know, Turkey and then in Europe. How does that, because there's a, there's a very, there's a global system where, where artists and writers are all over the world. Like, how does that work tech, you know, practically for you? Is it, is it sort of difficult to work things out? Is that, you know, were, were you always a very good English speaker? Were, you know, there's all sorts of things that I would think would make it complicated. Right. Um, I don't know. I guess, I mean, it wasn't too difficult for me as a, because, yeah, speaking English, uh, so fairly well has always yeah. been an advantage for me because uh, I kind of, I mean, like uh, until the end of high school, I learned English at school. So that was, uh -huh. I had that background, which helped me a lot. The internet, of course, was a great, you know, like uh, thing that I owe my career to. Uh, so um, it wasn't that difficult. I guess the cultural differences were something I had to get used to. Like uh, uh, I've, I think American people are a bit more laid back, especially in their com uh, com uh, uh, communication, at, at least in yeah. this field. It's not it's not formal or anything by any means. You know? <laughs> Everyone's like, hey, dude, whatever. And I'm like, mister. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I was really, uh, so I got over that. So, like, I, I kind of uh, got used to it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was that small, you know, communication uh, style difference at the, f at the beginning. But I got pretty used to things uh, e easily, I guess. I don't know. Did you ever have a thing where you got a script and drew a thing and there was like a complete cultural misinterpretation of what the thing was supposed to be? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good question. But the thing is, I guess I didn't have a big problem like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think back. I mean, I'm sure it's happened with others. You seem to be fairly, fairly well placed for it, but I, I just there must have been some point where like that's not what that means at all. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now thinking back about, I mean, I didn't have any problem like that, but I re remember noticing things like that in comics, like like just making things up, like a South American artist probably working on an American comic, and something looks mm -hmm. weird, you know, like or the way they see it. Maybe it looks a bit different or something. This is just a random example, of course. But yeah, I, I've, I noticed that uh, a couple times or so. Uh, but thankfully, Connor I never I have had noticed that. that. Oh yeah, Connor and I have noticed that there are folks 
there's been a weird thing where people will draw people eating pizza and it's clear they've never eaten pizza. Like the <laughs> slices. Like it's just like no one holds pizza like that. There's a guy like holding the pizza box under their arm, you know, upright. And I was like, that's not <laughs> it's not a suitcase. Oh yeah, that's that, that's it's, pretty specific. Yeah, I, I think I You yeah. watch. You'll you, you watch out for it. You'll see it. It's it's a real thing and we somebody's okay. gotta be responsible. I, I gotta um, be careful on my side as well. <laughs> <laughs> you ever you know, need like pizza reference on your guy? It's different, you know, like drawing and eating. Sure. It's, you know. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> so tell me, talk to me about the first time, and this may have been when I met you, but the first time you went to a big comic show in America. Mm. The first time uh, I actually went before I was a pro or anything. So it, this was back in 2002 uh, when I was. Okay. Uh, still working at the multimedia company I mentioned. So like I, you know, like I got my salary saved up and whatever. So I went to San Diego Comic-Con, you know, like heard it was the biggest wow. thing, you know, like all the, uh, you know, like the pros are there, all the portfolio reviews go on there. So like I prepared for that. So I went there to show off my work. So that was my first biggest experience. That was so difficult for me, like total culture shock, you know, like visiting the U.S. for the first time, you know, going to a convention, you know, like meeting all these people, you know, like artists, you know. Did like, you go with like a, a like a portfolio? Were you looking for work or were you just yeah, going yeah, totally. to see Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, both. Uh, as a fan, yeah. you know, like getting sketches and whatever and, you know, like uh, also like to show off my portfolio. So like I prepared stuff. So I shopped that around. I tried to you know, like get as many people to look at my stuff as much as possible, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, like, for example, I tried DC. Like, DC had, like, this thing. I guess it was every day they had, like, a panel, portfolio review thing. So they would have a raffle. And, like, every day from the raffle, they would get these people, the certain amount of people that they would look at the work of. So the first three days, I, I don't get anything. Uh, so like I, I was unlucky the fourth day again a raffle and again I don't get anything the thing is <laughs> the fourth day they made a mistake with the raffle so like some of the numbers were not included in the raffle so they said oh. we're going to do this again so I'm like okay this is my chance they put it again and they do it again again nothing <laughs> so I'm like four days and this is the last day of the show so I'm like yeah. I, I literally ran after the editor I'm sorry I don't remember who it was but um, I ran after him I said look sir I came from Turkey, you know, like all the way from here, and like I've been trying every day. I couldn't look at this. So, like even if you just give me five minutes and whatever. So yeah, uh, he was of course very kind, and you know, like he looked at my work. We just sat down somewhere, and you know, had had some good pointers and whatever. Uh, in general, and that back then, two thousand two, I had good res responses from all these people, yeah. uh, but uh, didn't lead to anything serious to be, you know, open. Two thousand two. Because I, I went to San Diego 2000 through well to probably 11 or something like mm -hmm. that. And like at that point, too, it wasn't crazy yet. No, it no, was like no, it nothing. was very, no. I mean, like it was big and it was impressive, yeah. but comics were still the main thing. And, you know, the, the you know, there wasn't lines for everything yeah, all the time. Yeah. So that's probably I a mean, good time to be there. I literally, it was much, I mean, less crowded than New York any of the recent years. And, oh. I mean, this, I think this pro would prove something. Like, I literally went to Adam Hughes, and I got in line, and I got a sketch from him for 50 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a joke. If I mean, if I said that, uh, you know, like now, nobody I, would believe I, me. <laughs> in the first couple of years, I would, you could just get sketches from people, yeah, like yeah, an animal book, and they'd sure all draw something in here. Something yeah. beautiful, you know, and, and yeah. that, that's gone. And, and yeah. uh, you know, rightfully so. People shouldn't have to work for free. But there was something. I remember I went and I got a sketch from Steve Lieber. Mm -hmm. This is way back when uh, from Whiteout, you know, I just mm -hmm. had the book and he did a thing and he, he used like Whiteout on it, like actual Whiteout. And like, yeah. this is beautiful, amazing sketch that he just sort of did on the side while we chatted, you yeah. know, and it was, it felt all so much smaller and, and intimate. Like Will Eisner was there right, walking right. around and you're like, that's Will Eisner. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even know what that meant at the time, but I was sure. like, I feel like this is a big deal. If I loved movies, that would be Martin Scorsese walking around, you know, like, right. it, it, which I do, but you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not, it's just, it's not the same now. Now, which is kind of a bummer but um yeah so yeah you went at a good time and then now you've yeah. probably been to some of the larger ones it's a whole other experience but you're behind the table yeah i've never been, went back to san diego though so uh, <laughs> you've so, been to new york though and yeah i go to new york I, every year new york is obvious is is probably crazier 
because it's more full. It's, it, so, it, it's like oh, a ton okay. of people in a smaller space. I feel right. like I never, I didn't like the New York show, and I lived in New York, but uh, it, was, <laughs> like, it was just too. And it's way over on the on the uh, west side. Like it wasn't near anything, and so uh, you'd have to get okay. all sweaty walking over there. <laughs> <laughs> so well, yeah, I would fly in from Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> That's I just did the I just did the boorish American thing. You know, it's so difficult. You're like, I flew from Turkey, you asshole. No, but, but I actually kind of relate to you as well. You know, like yeah. you know, there are situations like that when it happens here. You know, in Vienna. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's fine. Um, all right, I think. I think that's about all the time we have for now. Uh, I hope this is as much fun for you as it was for me. Uh, yeah, I always love these totally conversations. Totally fun, totally. That's it was great. Amazing, awesome. fantastic. Thank you for uh, making the time and working out the schedules. We both tried to figure out the time difference between us. Multiple right. checks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate this. It was a great talking to uh, you. Cool. I look forward to the new book. And, uh, awesome. I, I always pick up stuff with your name on it. So, not a awesome. problem. Awesome. Hope you enjoy it. <laughs> Thanks. That wraps up another episode of iFanboys Talksplode. Semi-regular. Semi-regular show. I want to thank Mahmood for taking the time to schedule that conversation. Um, that took a little bit. But uh, as always, it's just super fun to talk to these guys. Um, and I, I, I love his work. And I think you should too. You can find him at Instagram and Twitter. Slash his name. That's how to find it. Uh, you can go to ifanboy.com to see if there are more of these Talksplodes or any other shows or years and years of articles that we did. Uh, thanks to the iFanboy patrons. They're the reason that there is an iFanboy Talksplode again. And uh, thanks very much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.